a code red for humanity, curb emissions and dramatically reduce consumption or face a world that is fundamentally different. When Kermit the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. I want you to know that he was wrong. He was wrong. There is no planet B. There is no planet blah. Blah, 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 blah. It is unequivocal that human activities are responsible for climate change. If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero carbon. He's tall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista, Series 3, The Sky's the Limit. I'm Ian Collins and this is the UK's number one environment-based podcast. If it's green, it's in. It's timely as we near the end of Series 3 that shenanigans at Westminster are reaching some dizzy and unsavoury heights. This is, of course, hugely relevant to the kind of things we talk about on this podcast. Let's speak to our man in the know. The big question, though, is he Team Rishi or Team Trust? I think we know the answer, Dale. Morning. <laughs> Morning, Ian. How's things? Yeah, neither. Can I just preempt you? Neither is the answer. Yeah, I would say neither. Certainly, uh, before I watched the uh, debate they had last night on TV, which uh, you know I, I expected to be entertained by, and I have to say I was, but uh, I come away from that thing, and you know what? I think I'm more Team Trust than Team Sunak, for sure. Yeah, I mean, both have committed to net zero, which was interesting. Yeah, I found uh, he interrupted and talked over her constantly, and I th- and I found that really annoying. It's a bit rude, actually, yeah, wasn't it? He was rude, yeah. And uh, she was really super patient. She didn't even mention it. She didn't say, let me finish even once, I don't think, which no. I would have no, done, that's absolutely. Right. And, uh, you know, he, he seemed desperate to tell these long stories about his, you know, working class background, how he worked in his mother's yeah. pharmacy. And- yeah, which, by the way, a lot of that is bollocks, <laughs> Because, yes, he did. His grandparents certainly came over to this country and would have had very little. But by the time it got to young Rishi mm. being hatched, they were doing just fine. Thank you yeah. very much. I was going to say. And that's fine as well. That's you know that's their story and that's cool. But to sort of try and dress it up as if he worked down the pit that's the problem. is, you know. That's the problem. I worked yeah. in my parents' pharmacist. Yeah. is possibly the most middle class thing I've heard this week. <laughs> that's right. While attending a £50,000 <laughs> a year school, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, tough times for Rishi and his sibling. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. Uh, We've got, talking of net zero, court orders government to explain how it will reach net zero targets. This is interesting because there's a lot of, you know, it's all very well, isn't it? Our leaders say, yes, absolutely, I'm committed to net zero. And it's become now, I've long thought this, quite a danger zone, really, because saying it is very, very easy. I'm committed to net zero, yeah. Uh, getting there and explaining how you're getting there is a little bit trickier. Yeah, that's right. And I think I've said on here a few times, I've certainly said it somewhere a few times, you know, having the targets is one thing. That's great. We've got the targets enshrined in law. That's a big step, but we don't have the policies to hit them. And and that's the missing thing, you know, and the, the government have kind of done the big visible kind of tick in the box easy part uh, by embracing net zero, but they haven't done the the hard work, which is to create the policy. It's not even that hard, actually, but they haven't created the policies to get us there. And the court called it out and said, look, you actually are obliged by law to explain how you're going to get there. That's part of the Climate Act. So again, we have the uh, legal system to our rescue when the government, you know, our government goes rogue, which is like all the time. And the, the those naughty lefty judges have stepped in to uh, put them in line. Swines. Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting as well is that you've got this curious situation now where whoever becomes the leader, they don't start this gig until September. So that gives them just a little over 18 months until the next general election. I mean, Chelsea managers last longer than that. 
So you've got 18 months in the job, and then, you know, the smart money says the Tories will lose the next election. So. Yeah, that's how it looks so far, because there's the possibility that whoever wins this contest calls a snap election, hoping that the bounce from a new leader, uh, you know, gives them a little bit of an edge in, in the election, yeah. rather than wait 18 months in the, uh, you know, while things, everything will get worse in the next 18 months. We'll see the new winter fuel bills. Rishi was was dismissing that last night. That was dishonest of him. He said, we don't yet know where the uh, price cap will take fuel bills this winter. That is not true. We do know because the mechanism of gem users uses prices from the market that have already happened. You know, we're 80, yeah. 90% there to knowing what prices will be. Uh, and, and it's, yeah. you know, it's way north of 3,000 pounds. So that ain't getting better. Inflation yeah. ain't getting better. We're going to have a winter of strikes and discontent everywhere. And, uh, you know, Brexit ain't getting better either, obviously. Uh, that was a telling thing. They were both asked the question at the end, are the queues in Dover to do with Brexit? And they, they like competed to be first and loudest to say no. Yeah. It's like, come on, we know we know you're playing to the crowd here, the 160,000, you know, white old men crowd in the, in the south of England. But come on, what's it due to then? You know, what's caused it? As my old nan used to say, what a crock of shit. <laughs> yeah. Covers it nicely, yeah, really. It does, Covers it nicely. Here's a question that came in from Dawn on Twitter. How come Ecotricity doesn't feature on use which is greenest tariffs of 2022? There's Surely an answer to that one, Dale. Yeah, I think we don't pay them. <laughs> Is that how you get on the list? It's as simple as that. <laughs> Absolutely. You pay them. I mean, these guys are, you know, they're pimps, aren't they? You know, I mean, there's nothing honest and third party about these brokers online. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's been that way yeah. for years. If you don't pay, they don't stick you on the on their list, don't give you prominence and stuff like that, you know. It's kind of like when you, you look in a magazine, it says, we've reviewed the five best aftershaves, and you think, no, you've been sent the five best <laughs> aftershaves, and based on how much of it was sent to you, will based on where you place them in the listings. Yeah, I, I didn't realise that any of those switching sites were active online at the moment because, you know, if you look at the tariffs that energy companies are offering, the, the you know, the price cap may about to become north of three grand, but right now yeah, energy yeah. companies are offering north of four grand uh, to new customers. And so nobody's switching, nobody's moving. So the sure. switching sites are presumably uh, suffering badly. Well, you know. We yeah, can hope. I guess we so. can hope because they didn't do the market any favors. Is it going better in the states? Because I saw this story that Biden has unveiled this like two point three billion pound plan to tackle uh, climate change, and obviously we we always have to be wary when politicians announce money because you think, hang on, is, is some of that already been announced? Is it completely new money? Is it enough money? Is it coming this decade as well as another tr trick? In well, the, yeah, uh, when uh, as, as well is the answer. Well, yeah, my first thought is this. He's already given more money than that to Ukraine. True, good point. So which is the bigger threat to the world? That's interesting, isn't it? Because, because Biden is, is kind of trying to dine out on the, you know, I'm not Trump. Well, we get that. Um, and neither is anybody else. But is it still woeful stateside because they you know we often we talk about china we talk about india all the time but you know you can't have those conversations without mentioning the united states yeah again last night there was a moment in which uh, rishi referred to uh, the united states uh, to say you know did did uh, liz trust know what was happening over there i forget the topic and i was waiting for her to jump in and say well you know if i had a u.s green card i may know more about the united states yeah. mr sunak <laughs> but Indeed. they you know they didn't go down there did they not quite to that level of bashing each other i've got the answer to it all though Dale. Yeah. i've got the answer to everything it's are you ready for this no? i mean yes it's that it's all it's it's that word again <laughs> Fracking. 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 Uh, 
get fracking, because if we get fracking, it will reduce our energy bill. So everything you've just been talking about, you know, it's 3,000 quid here. Do a bit of fracking, for goodness sake, and your bills will be about £3.50. Yeah. And, and look, except that's not true. No, except that's pile of horseshit right but they were asked uh, you know they may have committed to net zero as you say and yet we don't have the policies to hit net zero as the courts have said but they were asked a question what are the three things we all need to do to fight the climate crisis and i was waiting for energy transport food come on that's your yeah, perfect yeah. opportunity and uh you know richie's like oh first thing was like i don't know use less and then he's like oh my daughters are the experts on this we recycle in our family we're obsessed with recycling and i thought you were trivializing actually what we all need to do to fight the climate crisis uh, and i was a bit uh, disappointed by that uh, and interesting when we read that fracking won't actually reduce your energy bills i don't know what the uh, we, i've said this before haven't i it's only because it's caught this onomatopoeic sense of the word fracking, which sounds like you're tough mm. and hard. Yeah. What are you doing? Frack, God, frack, you bastard. It's got, it's, it says everything. Frack, <laughs> frack till you can frack no more. Yeah. If it wasn't, if it was called uh, petling or something, people <laughs> wouldn't be talking about it, but it's fracking. Yeah, I think it's hard, isn't it? It's part of that. It's <laughs> like, like, like nuclear energy that costs billions of pounds. Frack! big expensive yeah. and tough you're right uh, there was a report out last week though uh, from another body uh, of scientists actually that reviewed the data on our fracking reserves and they reckon we've just got a handful of years at best you know which which undermines the whole thing but of course also it doesn't matter how much fossil fuels we produce here we pay a global price for them because we allow the market the world market to set the price so 50 percent of our gas this winter came from the north sea but we paid the world price for it four times more than the year before making bumper profits Why? for the oil company and making energy bills unaffordable for millions. Yeah, why? So why why do we have to pay more for it? What's the specific reason? It's the free market dogma, isn't it, that says that you know we're part of the global commodity market. It's all about supply and demand. We let markets set the price, and governments have become subservient to corporations in that respect and to this thing called markets, which have a life of their own, but it's all really about making money for uh, traders. Yeah. Uh, Greenpeace, and this is an interesting one, Greenpeace say that the climate emergency is a legacy of colonialism. Now, this one, that, that statement alone is going to divide the room, right? <laughs> Maybe Greenpeace are taking lessons from the Tories and thought they'd start their own culture war. Could be that. Are you buying into that? I mean, not massively. I mean, everything's connected to everything in the past. I mean, it's beyond, because it's be, if, if colonialism is, if it's talking about the British Empire, then, of course, you know, climate issues transcend just geographically that region anyway yeah i mean really it's got its roots in the industrial revolution there ain't no doubt about that the mass burning of yeah. fossil fuels has been going on for what, 150 200 years um yeah. that's that's it this is simply that we've been unlocking carbon that was locked up millions and billions of years ago and releasing into the atmosphere unbalancing but isn't, isn't that interesting when all of that happened uh, and they were you know churning out smokes that were billowing from from large chimneys and uh, working with steels and metals and uh, cotton mills and you know all of the things that kind of you know took people into a, the new world of the most significant event in history. This was, of course, seen as the the thing that freed up the human race, the thing that took everybody into a you know the first time we had a kind of pro capitalist system if you like you know the factory line the industrial scale of production etc and little did they know then that they were kind of carving up their own doom would that be right 
Yeah, I think that's fair. There was a mass movement of people from the countryside to towns and cities as well, wasn't there, to take jobs in factories instead of jobs on farms. It was a kind of yep. uh, definitely an industrialization. And I think, you know, fair play, it, it did to a degree free us up actually you know it created wealth it created development and, and technology it enabled that and uh, i see no harm in the fact that it happened uh, i think it's just important that we move quickly now to the next industrial revolution which is powered mm. by renewable energy uh, and electrified transport and uh, and that kind of stuff so you know it's, it's on the development path of our species we just need to put it behind us now rather quickly yeah. Since we last spoke, of course, we've had a heat wave and we're told there's more kind of heat wavy stuff to come. Um, Richard on Facebook says, how should I respond to idiots who keep telling me the heat wave was no different to 1976? Well, it was bloody hot in 1970. I remember this as a kid, you know, it was like summer holiday walking yeah. around with, you know, hardly anything on because it was so darn hot. What's the difference? I remember it too, but it was four or five degrees cooler in 1976. I mean, that's a lot of temperature difference, four or five degrees. It did go on for longer for a couple of months instead of a couple of days. But what didn't happen was London wasn't on fire because of it. Right. The fire brigade in London had their busiest day since World War II in that heat wave. I mean, literally, yeah. fires were popping up across London. We had wildfires in London. I mean, my God, how crazy does it have to get before people realize this is not normal? This is not what summers are. Yes. I mean, it's the first, it now. Said, the first time we've really seen the climate cause fires we see it in other countries exactly. uh, when i first saw those stories on i was at work in, in, in on the radio and i remember i looked up at the screens and i thought it was like a story from australia or italy or something and then you know i jokingly said to my producer oh i hope it's not seven oaks and he went no it's dartford it's like what seriously which by the way is next to seven oaks yeah. for those who don't know but i thought seriously I thought he was joking. And then, of course, throughout the next couple of hours, within a moment of hearing that story, there was a housing estate that had kind of caught fire. We're talking about homes destroyed here. Yeah. On the same day, Sunak, the man who would like to be our prime minister, uh, declared he would maintain the ban on onshore windmills. I mean, you couldn't get a you know greater kind of disconnect, a reality disconnect. Wildfires burning London, and the man that wants to be prime minister says, "Yeah, but we don't want these unsightly windmills." Yeah, perfect. You know, this is a bloke playing to 0.2 percent of the population, or something. I.e., that you know, two hundred thousand Tories who can vote in. So yeah. let, let's let's be as kind of stupid as we can to appease this one contingent and it's probably not all of those people that think that anyway just some of them but they seem to be very loud they want bloody windmills coming around here with your windmills who do you think you are <laughs> you know it's like, really it's like no no this will give you some like free energy essentially yeah it doesn't work it's not always windy is it huh? answer that <laughs> but it is it is how we fight the climate crisis and the energy price crisis at the same time yeah. make our own from renewable energy disconnect from global commodity markets there is no global price for wind energy there just isn't one mm. right we because it gets used where it gets made whereas fossil fuels get shipped all around the yeah. world so you know when when the demand is higher in one part of the world and they're willing True. to pay more money for it the super tankers literally just divert themselves en route to a, a higher paying bidder yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. crazy I think you're being a little bit unfair, though, Dale, on the oil and the gas industry because, you know, these guys are struggling as well. Uh, so, know you know, going. everybody needs to make a profit. And I, I'm just reading here, uh, this is profit per day, uh, by the way, yes. so not profit per year or per decade. Yeah. Profit per day. They've taken a bit of a hit over there at Oil and Gas HQ because uh, they have daily profit, daily pure profit, by the pure profit 
is down to 2.3 billion a day. So have a heart, Dale. For 50 years. For 50 years, yes. Every day, every day for 50 years globally. An incredible sum of money. So come on, give give them a break. They've got to feed their kids. This is what's funding the oil and gas mafia globally, right? Because they've got the money to buy every policy, every politician, uh, you know, to influence research, to, you know, create think tanks with shadowy links to the oil and gas industry that happens all the time doesn't it you know think tank comes up with a report and somebody goes oh by the way who funds you oh no no well yeah it may have been the oil and gas industry but there's no connection true fran on linkedin says i'd like to hear guests on your podcast or maybe just some interview specials what do you think <laughs> i think she's saying we're crappy and yeah i think that's exactly yeah i'd like <laughs> to hear i'd like to hear other voices other than you two essentially <laughs> that's what fran is saying here and of course we should point out that dale and i don't really like other people so there is there is that as well to deal with. <laughs> we we have talked about this because we did do a few didn't we in the early days do a couple of specials? Didn't we have Chris Packham on and I think a couple of others? Yeah, we've got Jon Snow next week. Jon Snow will be with us next week. Now, there, there you go. That that kind of covers, but that buys us back some points, surely. Yeah. The mighty snow is appearing because we're live in WOMAD. Yeah, live in WOMAD. Yeah. On a stage. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Are you going to walk on like the bloke from Elbow? and get the, get the crowd going down. I don't know who he is. Speaks well of I, you, I think. I'll be hobbling on with my broken Oh, yeah, the hobble. Right foot. Yeah. yeah. You think Jon Snow will have one of his impressive ties on? Does he wear impressive? I've never noticed. Well, when he reads the news, uh, but doesn't oh. read the news anymore, so I think no, he's... I don't watch telly anyway. Yeah, I think he's coming in a sort of safari thing. <laughs> but he's always entertaining. Yeah, he's a good conversation, John. Definitely, definitely. So he'll be with us on the WOMAD episode, which will complete this series, of course. So this is our no- last normal one, isn't it, this episode? And then next week will be the WOMAD episode. So, mm. And then you go off on your helicopter to your private island. That's right. My coal-fired chopper. Coal-fired <laughs> chopper. Yes, he's got <laughs> a helicopter run by coal. That's the real story here. <laughs> what do you make of this story? Dutch farmers fighting back against huge cuts to livestock. Um, this is interesting, isn't it? Because the, as I understand it, this is a kind of a nitrogen argument, right? Where um, farmers have been told, look, you've got to cut back on essentially emissions or the kind of things you use. Um, and Dutch farmers have gone, hang on a second, you're asking me to cut back on my living, essentially. Yeah, what I make of this is uh, that it's a great initiative from the Dutch government to recognize the problem and do something about it rather than, you know, avoid it like our government does. Uh, And a 30% cut in livestock is what they've asked for. Uh, You know, Holland's a relatively small country, relatively crowded by industrial animal farming or intensive anyway. And um, yeah, nitrogen is a problem. It's a climate problem as well, of course, uh, ruminants, you know, grazing cows. So, I mean, for me, it was just like perfect. And yeah, of course, farmers are going to say, well, what am I going to do if I can't raise cows? And it is important to find something for them to do, you know, not do a thatcher and just shut the coal mines and don't care where everybody goes, but create a transition for farmers. And this is where green gas actually comes in because farmers that grow grass to feed cows and cause problems Mm. could be growing grass to feed gas mills to create green gas to replace fossil gas, which, by the way, a lot of Europe's comes from Russia, which is a different problem. And, yeah. you know, so the transition for farmers that we need is uh, is to be found in, in green gas, you know, and that's quite often the way with this move to the, you know, this next industrial revolution that we're going to create new industries and new jobs. 
and new opportunities for the people that give up the old ways of doing things. But does that mean in the meantime, I mean, it's a, is it just a harsh reality that if you said to a, you know, a, a lot of farmers will tell you that the, the profit margins are so tiny these days through all sorts of reasons, supermarket yeah. contracts and goodness knows what else, that if you take a third of somebody's stock away, that's the difference between sinking and swimming. Well, it may well be, but I think the difference between sinking and swimming in animal agriculture, particularly grazing them, is is wafer thin anyway. And these guys are better off just biting the bullet and giving it up, actually, yeah. finding something else to do. And there are uh, definitely our options. Uh, here's an interesting one. A 17-minute flight, says the headline, the super rich who have absolute disregard for the planet. And this is Kylie Jenner. I know that you're you know, au fait with the, uh, the Kardashians and the Jenners and all of that. I know you love it all. Um, <laughs> but apparently took a trip on a private jet that lasted 17 minutes. Yeah. Well, you can't we, make this up. Well, you can, or you can't. You don't need to, let's say that. You know, was it Manchester United last year? Took a 10-minute flight to a, to a footy game in England. Um, yeah, I mean, this is what the rich do. I mean, I, I mean, they're responsible for you know, well over half of the world's emissions, the super rich, and... Um, and this is why that we, we can't apply climate costs, whether they're taxes or whatever they are, we can't apply them evenly because they're disproportionately hitting people lower down the income uh, chain that uh, have normal carbon footprints. You know, we've, mm. got to, we've got to tax the mad carbon footprints from the, the people that fly all over the world, yeah. uh, you know, or, or just for 17 minutes. <laughs> Fair point. And, and have the huge carbon footprints, you know, and they can afford to pay as well. So, you know, why not? And just to reiterate, Dale, WOMAD, uh, Saturday, 30th of July, will be there in the podcast out the following week. I mean, it's a big festival anyway, isn't it? The fact that we're going to be there on the Ecotricity stage from 11, along with Jon Snow, recording a podcast. We've got the crowd involved as well on that. But the whole uh, the, the whole festival is a, a, a pretty tasty event to attend anyway. Yeah, it's a fab festival. Next day, of course, Boris Green played their very first game in League One away to Bristol Rovers. Wow, there's two great things to look forward to. Yeah. Um, Dale, I'll see you on stage. Nice one. Actors actually say, I'll see you on the green. Did you know that? No. When they're Didn't about, know. yeah, I don't know where it comes from. They say break a leg as well, but you don't have to say that to me. No, yeah, you've done that bit, and I'll see you on the green. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, Dale. <laughs> That is it for this episode. Of course, don't forget to follow this podcast from your podcast provider so you get each new episode automatically and leave a review there too. Do follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash dalevince, facebook.com slash dalevince. Zero carbon east off.